When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Dispensing cannabis business knowledge beyond a million square feet of cultivation space, CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Blunt Business, harvested by Strainwise Consulting. Together, we will navigate the challenges and opportunities of one of the most profitable industries on earth. Join us each episode to hear our weekly roundtables and interviews with industry professionals. Now, let's delve into some Blunt Business with your host. And hello, everyone. Welcome to Blunt Business here on CannabisRadio.com. Thanks for joining us. Our guest this week runs a cannabis real estate company whose website ranks number one on Google worldwide for the search term cannabis real estate. That's money right there. And as a result, he receives over a thousand visitors a day with 20% month over month growth. Sounds interesting, right? You want to hear about this guy? Well, give me a second. Think about it like this. Here's a fun fact. They've only been in business for nearly two and a half years. And goes without saying, now you're chopping it up to find out all about this. Well, all you investors, those that are interested in real estate, you're going to love this episode. I'm here with the CEO of Cannabis Real Estate Consultants, or CREC, Rick Payne. Rick, thanks for joining us here on Cannabis Radio. My pleasure. Thanks, Brasco. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be able to be on your show. Hey, my pleasure. Just really do appreciate you giving us a chance and learning about the opportunity to go and talk about real estate. It's something we don't get to talk much about. And we talk quite a bit about investment and a lot of things within the process, day-to-day operations for any business. But for those who want to get in from the ground up and where they can go to get started is important. Now, our brand, uh, your brand has been evolving and it now has various divisions within it, such as a brokerage services division a development services division, and a portfolio projects division. So take me into the need, Rick, for all these different divisions, the need for it. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Our company started out mainly as a uh, brokerage, and, you know, that was, that was the core of what we were doing. You know, we were helping facilitate the purchase and sale of uh, various pieces of real estate, um, you know, representing landlords, representing tenants, um, you know, and also helping facilitate the transfer of uh, businesses and, and the licenses that were, t- that were attached to those businesses. Um, having said that, we also came from a, a, uh, a place of being stakeholders in this industry. So we started out, um, you know, having our own operations, uh, you know, through 2017, um, and we actually shut down our operation to essentially get through the entitlement process for one of our projects and make sure that we were still legally compliant. Um, you know, otherwise we would probably still have been operating that, 
but to answer your question, you know, we, we, we have these different divisions because um, there's so many different opportunities within the cannabis space that we've been able to identify um, that we've essentially built the company and grown into uh, an, an entity that has the ability to service clients on multiple levels. So we have the brokerage division, which again is essentially, um, you know, a commercial real estate brokerage that's licensed with the California department of real estate. Um, you know, we have a broker record, we have multiple agents, um, and we essentially just represent clients, um, on, you know, the transfer of real estate or businesses, um, beyond that, and development services, development, yeah. right. Yeah. Development services division, which <clears throat> is, is mainly a way for us to, uh, help our clients get through the licensing and entitlement process. Um, you know, it's a very complicated landscape out there given the way that, uh, prop 64 in the state of California works. And so as a result, we, um, rely heavily on a team of, uh, consultants that are able to get our clients through the entitlement process and get them a license on the local and state level. And no. then again, the portfolio, which is where we have the you know equity component of uh, projects that we that we continue to build out. And then I can imagine portfolio projects is kind of self-explanatory. You just have people that are just have a diverse portfolio, and so to make sure within what they're looking to do, I can I can imagine all this is very linked. Now on the development side, I want to ask just a simple question. Plain and simple, what are some of the major factors, just like anybody else that wants to go ahead and you know get the permit, get a building built, or they want to put themselves into an existing structure? Uh, in the state of California, for example, obviously you were well aware. Tell me about what kind of things you can't do. I mean, is it kind of like how an adult establishment can't be within a school, within so many different uh, yards of other facilities? Give me a couple of the things that are very, that, that definitely stand out before anything gets started. Like the initial talk, what are some of the things that they are not able to do when in terms of where they want to go ahead and buy, where they want to go ahead and acquire real estate? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the way that uh, the state of California works is that there's a dual licensure component, which means that you have to have local approval and state approval wow. before you can actually be an operational entity. And every single municipality in the state of California has the ability to either regulate commercial cannabis activity or prohibit it. So as a result, you have this patchwork of legislature where you have 540 different municipalities, 482 cities, 58 counties, and every single one of them have the ability to essentially create their own laws or ban it altogether. So as a result, um, you know, number one is to make sure that the municipality that you are actually in is allowing commercial cannabis activity. That in and of itself can be challenging because a lot of people don't even realize that, you know, yeah, you might live in uh, a specific county, but there may be an actual city that's incorporated that's actually governing the legislature or the laws that um, that you would have to adhere to. So, no, I'll tell you, I, I know that's exactly a fact. And you know what? In the next break, I want to go and use where you are based in San Diego as a great example of this. And I want to go ahead and bring up that, but I want to go and pull that up in a little bit. But I want to ask you about some other things in a broader sense. Now, uh, according to what I've read from uh, things on the website or, or through uh, press releases that I've been reading, Quote, being able to convert a non-cannabis property to allow for cannabis use has seen massive returns for some groups between two times to 20 times the amount. 
although the potential returns do not come without risk. The complexity involved in every aspect of this early phase of a project getting off the ground is daunting and for some can lead to downright failure. So take me through that process, the thought process about your overview of the cannabis real estate market in the terms of the risk involved and when you have people that are looking to go invest, what they should be looking out for and who's going to be good to do, uh, good to be a part of this. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a great point. Um, there's absolutely a, a you know, a, a ton of potential. Uh, I'm not going to say like a specific, you know, return or anything like that. Cause that's, you know, te- technically where you get into uh, trouble with, you know, investment, uh, you know, advice. And, and ultimately what we, what we tell our clients is, you know, there's a, there's a ton of opportunities out there in, in real estate in general. Um, cannabis is just one of the opportunities that has the potential to give you above average returns. Um, <clears throat> but there are multiple, um, landmines, if you will, if you, if you go through the development process and you're not successful. So ultimately having someone that understands the regulations that are in place and how they affect the ability to develop a piece of real estate for cannabis is extremely important. And I think that's what our company prides itself on is, you know, we spent a ton of time, as I mentioned, not only being stakeholders in the space where we've developed our own projects, um, but also representing multiple clients and, and, you know, being that, that trusted expert that can help them determine whether or not a piece of real estate is eligible for a specific license. I mean, there's so many different things that go into it, but and I know we're going to have more time to talk about it. And so sorry, Rick, we got yeah. to run to a commercial break. I appreciate it, though. Again, we're here with the president and CEO of Cannabis Real Estate Consultants, Rick Payne. We're going to be back more with Rick and talk more. Again, we're going to talk about the city of San Diego when it comes to trying to get any cannabis real estate uh, acquisition made and put into play and the faculty, the uh, obstacles that are going to go with it. But first... Um, this weekend, as I get ready to go ahead and uh, finish up recording here for the shows, got a couple more episodes to record today, I'll be heading down to Canada's at the Colonnade, which is a hotel in Coral Gables, the Western Colonnade, which will have a great event. It's a medical marijuana expo, and we're hoping to meet people that are already sponsoring the United States Cannabis Conference and Expo and hoping to maybe bring some other people along to learn about our great show coming up August 3rd and 4th inside the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami, Florida. You could be a part of thousands of industry professionals. We already had thousands last year. We expect even a bigger crowd this year. And you can learn more about how to really not to speak, sponsor, or exhibit. It's still not too late. August 34th, go to usccexpo.com for more information. That's usccexpo.com. It's where you have the right to educate, engage, and empower the evolution of the cannabis industry. The United States Cannabis Conference and Expo. Learn more at usccexpo.com. We'll be back more with Rick Payne here on Blunt Business in just a moment. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo. Register for an early bird discount now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. 
This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth sheepskin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z.com. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. And we're back here on Blunt Business with Rick Payne the president and CEO of CREC, Cannabis Real Estate Consultants. Now, Rick, uh, let's, I want to give a little bit of context real quick here before we get started. And I uh, mentioned exactly my uh, talk about San Diego, as we talked about earlier with the issues that might come across for those that want to go ahead and uh, really need to acquire real estate, get a business started. They need to go and find space. So the most valuable cannabis license in California is retail. Do you know why? I'm asking the listeners. Out of 481 cities in California, only 118 of these allow for recreational cannabis storefronts. This means as of February 19, there's only 25% of jurisdictions in California currently allowing for adult use purchasing among the state, which is full adult use legalization. So first of all, how much of the cannabis real estate, real retail space do you deal with in California at any given time? And talk to me about the financial regulatory hurdles you run into for most of your clients. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, retail space is extremely finite because of the fact that it's probably the most impactful from a community standpoint. A lot of cities have the impression that, you know, retail locations are going to be hubs for crime and, yeah. you know, a negative impact on the city, you know, uh, a, a sort, you know, uh, eyesore, et cetera. Um, the reality is, you know, that, that actually hasn't happened. Uh, the majority of um, existing retail locations, you know, tend to actually be safer than, than other convenience stores or, uh, you know, other businesses that are standard, regular businesses that don't really have anything to do with, with cannabis or, or uh, what you would potentially call a vice industry. So, oh, and they're, and they're decorated but, a lot better in most cases as well. Right, absolutely. So what we see is uh, a very finite amount of municipalities or you know uh, jurisdictions that even allow retail. The ones that do are extremely restrictive with what they allow. They, okay. you know, the zone, the zoning that they have, and the the sensitive use restrictions. Um, as you, we would call them, you know, the, the distance from which you have to be from other types of businesses like schools, daycares is, is extremely, um, you know, restrictive. And that's, that's the reason that they're probably the most difficult types of real estate to find. Now, one of the areas giving the most trouble with the cannabis market is where your company is based in San Diego, beautiful town. I'll tell you what, I would love to go someday. Now you cited it 
San Diego laws dictating cannabis business locations as one that restricts clients. So you agree with laws banning cannabis operations near schools and churches, but you also think that there are many entries qualifying as unquote, uh, uh, quote unquote churches when they are arguably not. Consequently, this limits inventory. So talk to me about how your team is trying to work around this issue. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's really challenging. And, you know, to, to, I guess, speak to that, um, I don't necessarily think that there are locations or entities that aren't, uh, you know, qualified churches. I, I do believe, you know, that, that any place of worship is absolutely, um, you know, regardless of what it looks like, it, it's, it's, it's valid. I mean, you know, people can congregate and do that. And that's one of the American, you know, foundational values. Having said that, I just think that um, it's difficult to identify locations uh, that are deemed places of worship in San Diego because you'll be driving by a neighborhood or a, uh, a part of town and it, it'll seem like there's, you know, there's nothing really to, um, to be concerned about from a development standpoint for commercial cannabis real estate. You know, it, it seems as if there's no churches or places of worship, but after doing due diligence, you may realize that um, there are suites in office buildings that have zero signage, um, you know, don't look like what you would conventionally think a church looks like. And as a result, those places of worship can, in fact, uh, impact your ability to uh, secure and operate a cannabis retail or any type of, of business. And so that's essentially the challenge is identifying um, those sensitive uses that are deemed to uh, you know, impact development projects for cannabis real estate. All right, Rick, now let's go ahead and branch outside of California and talk about a story that I came across from The Real Deal uh, publication online, and they discussed the state of cannabis real estate around the U.S. They said this, quote, As states around the country loosen restrictions on marijuana for medicinal and recreational uses, there's a growing class of investors clamoring for a piece of what the cannabis research firm ArcView Group projects to be a $57 billion industry worldwide by 2027. Now, here's what I have in the uh, context. New York, Illinois, and Florida are among the states now looking to legalize marijuana for recreational use. Doing so would not only give them a major tax revenue boost, it could also pump billions of dollars into real estate leasing, sales, and financing deals. And a number of property investors are looking to capitalize on the increasing need for cannabis-friendly commercial space by launching specialized funds and real estate investment trusts. To date, there are around 10 REITs and private funds exclusively focused on the marijuana industry, end quote. So what are your thoughts, Rick, on which markets would be second best to look at when it comes to seeking real estate for cannabis if you had to make that uh, determination? Well, I think the the answer to that is the, the major markets. Um, you know, as the other states within the United States come online and, and really start to embrace uh, cannabis and, you know, the value that it can bring, um, you know, from an economic standpoint and a, uh, you know, a stimulus to, to job creation and, um, you know, increasing pop property values in specific areas that are maybe underdeveloped, um, you will see uh, a tremendous land land grab that's taking place as we've seen in other states like California and Colorado and Washington and Oregon. And so ultimately um, I feel as if, you know, Illinois, New York, uh, 
absolutely Florida, you know, when they um, really, I guess, evolve or mature as cannabis markets, we'll have a tremendous amount of opportunity. I want to continue from the story from The Real Deal. They also said this, This is, and this, I believe, is fascinating because this doesn't get said a lot, and that's why I love to bring these kind of things up on Blunt Business. Now, quote, and while real estate is essential to the marijuana industry, there are huge barriers to entry. Many banks and other large corporations won't go near it. The same goes for most of the big commercial brokerages, at least publicly, sources say. CBRE, JLL, and Cushman and Wakefield, for example, have published only a handful of detailed reports on cannabis and real estate. At the same time, property owners are still working out the legal kinks of renting space to tenants that create or sell cannabis products. So you would probably know, you would be one of the best uh, aforementioned experts to know about this. Talk to me about these kind of obstacles that you maybe have experienced, and are there any other actors that you would, any other factors, excuse me, that you would add to on top of what I just mentioned? Yeah, absolutely. So I think as we've been evolving as a company, you know, we started out when the market was less mature. And so as a result, we had uh, a tremendous amount of um, pushback and lack of resources in in terms of available uh, firms to work with that could provide services for the cannabis industry um, or specifically real estate. I mean, as you mentioned, a lot of the larger big brokerages in the commercial space uh, didn't want to touch the cannabis industry at all. And working with them on transactions sometimes would be challenging. Um, additionally, working with lenders or other types of uh, real estate professionals that can provide ancillary services or support services for what we do was challenging as well. So uh, escrow companies, title companies, um, appraisals, um, you know, that those were, those were a little bit more challenging than, a traditional real estate transaction. And I think as the market grows, the amount of companies that are focusing on providing financing to the cannabis space or, uh, you know, accurate appraisal, et cetera, all that are growing, which makes it more of a regular market to participate in. And so if you all get a chance, please do go ahead and look for the article, High Rollers in a Budding Business. It's from therealdeal.com. I'll make sure to go send a link to this on the Cannabis Radio Facebook page so all of you can look for it. So let's go and do this, Rick. We're going to go and come up with some final questions. And I want to ask you one more thing uh, coming up after the break about some of the manipulation, some of the corruption that we've been hearing reported about as well when it comes to those that are uh, getting their hands on new property and cannabis real estate in general. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo inside the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. Register before May 1st for an early bird discount of 50% off now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Join us for the 2019 U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo August 3rd and 4th in Miami. Register now at usccexpo.com. Expo.com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow. The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the board, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. 
You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him pink, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp pink is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp pink. Cannabis industry professionals want to gain some new leads, make genuine business connections, and get premier brand exposure? This is your opportunity. NCIA's new industry socials are coming soon to Portland, Maine, New Jersey, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Miami. Sponsorship opportunities available. Register today. I hope you didn't forget about us, because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. All right, Rick, there have been some stories circling how some dispensaries will likely pay double the rent a non-cannabis company would. And I want to take a quote that's from Matthew Schweber. He's an attorney at Thurston Kulik, which represents dispensaries, manufacturers, and other marijuana companies. Uh, he said this, that if an individual, I'll say it's a legal concern, he said, knowing that landlords will, quote, say there's the risk of foreclosure, end quote. Now, if an individual or company has a mortgage on a property and leases it to a cannabis producer, that landlord is violating a clause of the mortgage, which means the bank could demand full repayment of its loan at any moment. The clauses stem from federal lending guidelines. And in some cases, companies in the cannabis industry need to pay all cash to buy property for growing and distribution. This is that's, that's horrible. What is it that your team has experienced in that case? That's absolutely true. Uh, a lot of the institutional lenders out there will uh, take annual rent rules in which they ask the owner of a property to, to send you know, a, a list of the tenants and the um, rents that are being collected for those spaces. And if a, we've seen it in several instances where a landlord will disclose to their bank that they're leasing to a cannabis tenant and the bank will call the loan due, which is essentially asking for full payment of the loan. Um, and that does stem from federal lending guidelines. There are private firms out there or uh, private lenders um, that have tried to address this issue. And I think it's something that uh, remains a challenge in the cannabis space. That's amazing. It's like the mafia asking for protection every month. That's a, that's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I can only, I mean, it, and obviously it's, you know, it is the risk of being part of the industry and trying to, put a business together that you obviously there are risks that are being made and since all the rules and regulations are not in play just like you said if it's not from a state standpoint it's also from a local standpoint and just like you said patchwork what a great way to explain that so rick i do appreciate it we're running out of time i thank you so much for being here with us on blunt business we got a lot more questions to ask you about i'm sure and i'm sure we'll uh, find a way to bring you back on the show at some point but until then Please take a moment to talk to our listeners about how we can learn more about what you're doing at CREC and, uh, you know, what kind of services you can offer or what kind of uh, consultation or advice you can offer as well, consulting. Absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're happy to help any clients that are looking to learn more about the cannabis industry and how they can, um, you know, invest in real estate or participate in the regulated market. In whatever location they may be, we can absolutely uh, find a way to help them. Um, we're, we're looking at working throughout not only California, but the United States. And we're currently active in several transactions through 
uh, other states in, in the country. So anyone looking to get more information can check out our website at cannabisrealestate.com. Uh, excuse me, cannabisrealestateconsultants.com. Um, again, anyone looking to get more information can go to www.cannabisrealestateconsultants.com. Fantastic. And I also noticed that uh, you also have a kind of a shortened URL, which is the way I've always found you, is crec.us. There's another way to go. But, yeah, always good to know the .com. and go straight to that. A lot of information there as well. So, Rick, thank you again for being with us here on Blunt Business. We do appreciate it. And uh, we want to go and definitely keep in touch. Thanks again for your all your uh, expertise. Thank you so much, Basco. Appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure. So, again, uh, this is the kind of things you need to learn about. And there are so many things you could be learning yep. about if you come and attend the United States Cannabis Conference and Expo. I know I am breathing hot air through this microphone each and every week on this show, talking to all of you about being a part of this event. And I would not if I wasn't going to it and I wasn't participating in it because I'm fully part of this. And it was a great show in Miami this past August and October this past October. And yeah, it's just been fantastic. You need to go ahead and be a part of this. Invest in your future. Leave a lasting impression on thousands of attendees. Whether you are speaking, you're sponsoring, or exhibiting, you can find out all about it and talk to our USCC Expo team. Go to usccexpo.com. And by the way, you know, if you can't be a speaker, sponsor, or exhibitor, then please attend. Be there and learn how you can be a part of positioning yourself and your company as an industry leader to an audience that will listen and engage and network some with like-minded people that are definitely going for the same the same kind of goals that you are as well it's the 2019 united states cannabis conference and expo august 3rd and 4th inside the hyatt regency in downtown miami florida reserve your passes now and get them while you can at usccexpo.com that's usccexpo.com that's going to do it for blunt business Thanks for joining us. You can download past episodes by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Now they call it Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Spreaker, and iHeartRadio. Thanks for listening. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.